So again, we are uh, streaming in, we're on Zoom and we're also streaming into the Facebook group as well. So if you're watching on Facebook, I'm going to do my best to try and monitor the comments. Um, if you'd rather hop on Zoom, that's where uh, things are happening a little bit faster. Um, and yeah. We're going to get moving. Who's excited for day two? Who's so excited for day two? Nikki and her big smile, big, beautiful smile. Oh, love you guys so much. Um, we've got some folks still streaming in. Give it a couple more seconds here. How is everyone's homework from the, I hate the word homework. No one likes to do homework. How is everyone's reflection and growth from the first, uh, from the first session? How is everyone's reflections? What did you learn? What did you take away? Go ahead and type those in the chat if you want. Pretty eye opening. I'm excited. I'm interested to hear more about what you mean by that, Monica. Um, we're gonna get into it. We're two minutes after 12 mountain time. Hi, Darcy, in the Facebook group. Good to see you. Uh, so I want to welcome everybody to the second of three workshops in the Uplifted Stepmom workshop series where I'm letting you in on the three core ingredients every stepmom needs in order to confidently and peacefully blend a step family without losing her dang mind. Okay. So again, if you're joining us live in the Facebook group, if you're here on Zoom, say hello. So I know that you're here. Tell me where you're tuning in from. Where in the world are you joining us from? Uh, if you're catching the replay on Facebook, type replay. So I know you I know you caught it. Also, if this is your first ever Step Queen workshop or your first ever Stepmom Uplifted series, Step Queen Uplifted series, let me know that you're a first timer in the chat. If, this is brand new for you. First time ever, Laura. Awesome. Um, welcome. If you've been through an uplifted challenge before, or you've participated in some other, uh, I guess it's, I've been writing uplifted for quite some time, but if you've done other step queen things, um, let me know that you've been around for a while. Obviously, if you're a stepmom story sister, say hi. I see quite a big gaggle of y'all on here. I'm so excited to see you all. Um, and I want to extend the same invitation as the, in the last workshop, please feel welcome throughout this workshop to comment, um, smash that like button, that like love button inside of the Facebook group. If you're over there, uh, chat amongst yourselves, support each other. Um, it helps me know that you are present to what I'm speaking about when you're chatting in the box, even if I can't read everything. Um, I can see things are resonating as the chat goes by. Um, and it helps me know too that you're leaning into the community for support. So, you know, even if I'm in the middle of something and not able to answer the question or talk to or speak to whatever you are typing in the chat, there'll be somebody there who is going to say like, oh, I get that or that. Da, 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 da. So this again, this whole series, we're here for you. We're here to support you. The community is like one of the most beautiful things about this. There's lots of stepmom story alumni on here today. So They'll be able to support you in a really beautiful way if you are looking for it. So 
I want to thank everybody for sharing in the group so far. Um, I love to see folks leaning into the community. I know it's like a little bit risky, right? Joining a new group, not knowing who's in there, not wanting to share too much about your life. Like, is my partner's ex in here? Is this stuff going to get taken to court, right? Like, it's a little bit, it's a little bit it's a little bit worrisome to like get vulnerable inside of a, a big Facebook group that you have no idea, right? You don't know who I am. You don't know who everybody else is. I get that. So if you have made a post, even if it's just like, Hey, this is where I'm from. I want to acknowledge that it, it, it does take some courage to do that. And, um, yeah, I, I want to thank everybody for, for doing that. Um, you know, I say this all the time. I really do tend to attract this, a really specific caliber of a stepmom. Um, I like to call us the creme de la creme of set moms. Um, and there's really nothing better for me as an observer of the group than seeing this like glimmer of hope kind of spark up in a stepmom who used to feel like there was nothing ahead except for like pain and darkness and loneliness, right? Like when that little glimmer is like, okay, maybe it's not going to be so bad forever, right? Like, okay, there's a little spark of hope there. That's all we need. That's all we need to start a fire, just a little tiny, teeny, tiny spark. So that makes me super excited. You know, people saying like, I'm already starting to feel better. That's amazing. Keep, keep tuning in, keep doing the work, keep leaning into the group. Um, yeah. And like I said, I'm going to talk about the community all the time because I love the set on story community so much, like the, the sisterhood, the quality of women in there, the quality of support in there. It's unlike anything in the whole entire world. And I can confidently squarely stand behind that when I say that. So, um, you know, also we are, you know, so excited to be getting ready to welcome in our newest members to the stepmom story. And I want to offer a little, by the way, a little PS, um, tomorrow we have a live panel happening where you're going to be hearing from four of our stepmom story members, four of our stepmom story alumni. They're going to be sharing some really incredible, inspiring stories with you about how their lives have like completely transformed in a really short period of time. So tomorrow's your chance to get to hear some stories from somebody other than me, right? From a peer who gets it, who was in your shoes maybe as little as three, six months ago and whose lives have, have really changed. So that's happening only in the Facebook group. That won't be happening. Uh, there won't be an option to join on Zoom tomorrow, but the panel is happening. So jump on the Facebook group. It'll be at 2.30 Mountain. So two and a half hours later than right now, if you're tuning in from a different time zone, two and a half hours later than right now. There'll be an opportunity, you're going to hear their stories and there'll be an opportunity to ask them questions like, how did you do it? Right. So that's tomorrow. I can't wait for you to meet them all. They're so amazing. You're going to love them. I think that's all the kind of like housekeeping stuff that I've got. Um, my name, if we're just meeting for the first time, is Brittany Lynch. I'm the founder and CEO of Step Queen. Um, I am the facilitator of the best, darn best online support and transformation community in the world called Your Stepmom Story. And most importantly, I am privileged to be the mentor to the best stepmoms on this planet. Um, I host a podcast that's got tens of thousands of downloads. It's called Queen of Your Castle. Uh, we're consistently ranked as a top 100 relationship podcast in the world. Um, I'm a writer for Stepmom Magazine. I'm a seven, almost eight year, eight year stepmom veteran to a 13 year old now, 13 year old young man. 
I am a bio mom to our little firecracker baby, ours baby. He's a firecracker. He's three. His name's Rory. <laughs> and we've got one on the way. So we've got a full house. We've got two cats. I mean, two dogs and a cat too. So we got a lot, we got a lot of little love in this house. Um, but you know, I, I'm going to talk one, one of our clients or one of our members of the set mom story. Uh, her name is Julie. And she has said that of all of the strategies that she's like tested out over the years to help her adjust and settle into her role as a stepmom, she's said that she can comp, she was like a, she tried everything, right? Followed all the coaches, bought all the books, joined all the groups, did all the things, listened, read all the blogs, listened to all the podcasts. She did it all. And when she did all of that stuff, she said time and time again, that confidently she can say that the way that I teach things is the only way that she's been able to find that goes beyond just validating feelings, right? Into actually helping her to improve her life. And I don't take that responsibility lightly. And there's a reason that I'm saying this. Okay. Like we talked about in the first workshop, at least 67% of step family relationships will fail. And so if I can help stepmoms get to a place where they can avoid dropping $15,000 plus on a divorce, all the pain and grieving that comes from separation, avoid how to avoid having a mental breakdown. There's a big one on my priority list. Um, if I can help stepmoms who feel like they've totally lost themselves and they don't know who they are anymore, help them find themselves again, then I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that happens. Okay. So if you are a stepmom and you want to peacefully blend your step family, and that's why you're here, or if you're not calling yourself a stepmom yet, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, I'm not a stepmom yet. We're not married. That's okay. But if you're not calling yourself a stepmom yet, um, but you're dating somebody who's got kids and things are getting serious. So you want to be prepared to kind of embrace these inevitable challenges that are going to be coming your way. Um, or you're pretty sure that you're going to go off the deep end here any day now. <laughs> if something doesn't change really fast and you want to move beyond just having your feelings validated into actually improving your life, then what you're going to discover is how mindfulness can help stepmoms like you and I beat those nasty odds and live happily ever after, after all. Okay. So if you're ready, if you're excited, if you're ready to get into today's, today's workshop, let me know in the chat that you're ready, that you're excited, that you're here, that you're paying attention, that you're settled, that Instagram's closed. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping that the fact that you're here right now means that you are excited about the ways that you can apply mindfulness principles to your life as a stepmom. Um, I'm hoping it also means that you haven't been tricked by your limiting beliefs into skipping video one because you don't have the time. Okay. I always used to fall victim to that limiting belief that I didn't have enough time. Um, but then one of my mentors said to me something one time that like stung, it stung so bad, but it really stuck with me. He said, if you were your spouse and your spouse said, I just don't have an hour to invest in our future, like, what would that feel like? 
if we, if our spouses said the same things to us that we say to ourselves, like that wouldn't feel very good. Right. So really it's not a matter of like not having time. It's a matter of whether you believe that your own happiness is worth that time. So if you haven't yet watched video one and you haven't yet completed the companion workbook for video one, I'm going to really encourage and invite you to do that before you carry on with us here today, because the teachings do build on each other. So I really do recommend consuming everything in order. Okay. Um, if you want to stay, of course you can stay, just please make sure that you get work that first part done as soon as possible as well. Cause it all ties together. Okay. If you don't already know, if you're like, where can I get the replay? Right. If you don't already know, there is an all access page, which is basically just a one-stop shop directory. It's like a hub. Okay, a directory. It contains all the content from the series, including the workbooks, the video replays. Um, you can even just listen to the audio. So if you need to listen to it on the go while you're walking the dog or driving to work, you can also access just the audio. Okay. So the all access page is linked in the emails that have been going out. It's in the Facebook group, uh, in the announcement section. Um, Suzanne our, from Team Step Queen is on it. She just dropped it on there. So make sure you bookmark that page. That is the all access page. If you're ever looking for anything, it is on that page. Okay. That's where all the replays will be. That's where the replay of this will be uploaded once it has been subtitled. Okay. So as we learned in the last workshop, uh, mindfulness means what? Who can remember the definition? And thanks to Amy for posting that really great graphic in the Facebook group. That was super helpful for all my visual learners. Um, what does mindfulness mean? Who can remember a quick definition of, of mindfulness? Paying attention on purpose. Yes. Non-judgmentally. Okay. Uh, without judgment. Yes. Thank you. Darcy got it. Yeah. Being aware on purpose in the present moment without judgment. Yes. Yes. Cameron. Yes. Corianne. I hope I'm saying that right. So mindfulness is a state of being. It's a state that someone can exist in. It's not a trait like brown eyes that you're born with or not. It's something anyone can develop. Anyone can cultivate it. Okay. It's like a beautiful flower garden that you plant and you water and you nurture and you tend to, and you grow over time. Mindfulness also means that your focus is in the present moment. Okay. So what does that mean? That means very importantly not ruminating about the past and not trying to predict the future. Okay. Not ruminating about the past, not trying to predict the future. Very important for stepmoms, for everyone, especially stepmoms. Okay. Mindfulness also means very importantly for stepmoms being non-judgmental. So when you completed your mindfulness self-assessment and your self-reflections in your day one workbook, Hopefully you would have realized that when you embody mindfulness, the level of your stress, a level of stress in your life is going to go way down. Okay. 
even if you're not a hundred percent sure what that looks like for you yet, even if you're not exactly sure how, right. You're like, okay, I know I need mindfulness, but I don't know how to apply it yet. That's okay. The most important thing is that you are open and aware to the possibility of the existence of that that you acknowledge the fact that mindfulness is the missing ingredient. Mindfulness has been the missing ingredient in how you've approached your step family so far. So you don't need no, you don't need to know how, right? You don't need to know how you're going to create this happily ever after life right now. You just need to believe that this like fairy tale that you thought you were going to have when you fell in love is actually possible for you. A lot of the time we can lose touch with this like belief that it's even possible when shit starts hitting the fan and there's a lot of chaos and nothing's going the way we want it to go. We can lose sight of this vision that we once had for our lives. We can lose faith that the possibility even exists for us. But when you embody mindfulness, when you cultivate mindfulness, you no longer have to invest your brain power into making yourself miserable. And when you've got all this extra brain power and all this extra brain space freed up, I'm going to wager that you can do some pretty cool things with all your extra time and energy. Because when you're not eye twitching and biting your tongue and walking on eggshells and dying inside, if you're anything like me, you're going to feel a lot more peaceful a lot more peaceful around everybody else, no matter how they're behaving, acting, speaking, doing, living. So what we're going to be taking a look at today is just how these dirty, rotten, limiting beliefs, every stepmom has, every stepmom has limiting beliefs. We're going to be taking a look at how these little rotten, limiting beliefs might be sabotaging you before you even begin to start trying to cultivate mindfulness in your life. And I'm going to help you discover, you know, what are your limiting beliefs so that you can get rid of them and replace those beliefs with thoughts that are actually going to support you in creating a happily ever after life. And again, I want to be really clear. Every person has limiting beliefs. I've got them. You've got them. Your spouse has them. Your stepkids have them. People of all backgrounds, all education levels, all body types, everything have limiting beliefs. This is a fact. So in its very simplest definition, this is in your workbook, in its very simplest definition, limiting beliefs are just lies. They're lies we tell ourselves that we believe to be true. Let's say it again. A limiting belief is a lie that you tell yourself that you believe is true, but it's not, it's not true. It's not true at all. You don't know that you believe it's true, but it's not. Unfortunately, you know, if you're like most, then being unaware of your limiting beliefs is preventing you from living a life where you feel happy, peaceful, abundant, successful, connected, confident, intimate, powerful, beautiful, whatever it is in your life that you want to feel, but you don't yet. Anything you want in your life that you don't currently have is a result of a limiting belief. So if you have even one area in your life that you wish was better than it currently is, then you have some sort of limiting belief around that area. Okay. 
So go ahead and type in the chat for me, just so I can get a little feel and see where everybody's at. Type in the chat for me. Um, what is one thing that you wish you had in your life that you don't currently have? Okay. Something like, oh, I wish I had this thing. I don't, but I wish I had it. For me, it's a winter home in a tropical climate. That is the thing I wish I had that I don't currently have. Peace, balance, unity, okay. Respect, ooh. Financial equality, great one. Lots of limiting beliefs around money. I'm glad you said that, Laura. A new car, Amanda. Awesome. A baby. Yeah. Enough money to travel more, Dana. Um, a custom-built home, Sarah says in the Facebook group. Yes. Amy, a husband that doesn't just make me feel like a roommate. Ooh, interesting. Aaron says debt-free. Okay. Ability to take more time off work, Alexa make memories, not worry about money. Yeah. Again, money is going to come up a lot in our limiting beliefs. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Thanks everybody for sharing the things that you want in your life that you don't currently have. Identification of what these things are is really important to be able to get them. Okay. So, you know, if you do find relation or resentments that are cropping up in your relationships, if you find yourself dreading when your stepkids are coming, if you find yourself obsessing about your spouse's ex, uh, if you find yourself in a situation in your career or with your finances that feels hopeless or unfair, maybe if you find yourself doing a lot of like blaming or feeling powerless, right? Feeling like it's all their fault. I feel this way. I don't have any choices. They took my choices away from me, right? I've done so much of this, so much of that. I should know better, do better, be better. I should already be there, right? How many have had that thought? I should already have this stuff. I know better, right? I should already be there. I should already have this. Like, what's wrong with me? I know better. How many of us have that kind of self-talk, right? It's going to be really important that we take a look at these limiting beliefs that are getting in the way of all of this stuff, okay, so that you can really start to lean into uh, the benefits of that mindfulness will give your life very quickly and use that to start to create a life that you really, really love living, okay? So by the end of today, how exciting, by the way, by the end of today, you're going to get started on rewriting the limiting beliefs that are preventing you from living happily ever after. This is a big deal. This is a, this is probably my favorite workshop because this is a big dang deal. Life can change very quickly when limiting beliefs are rewritten. Okay. So just a heads up, um, you know, on first blush, lots of people are going to want to cling on to their limiting beliefs and they're going to want to cling on to this illusion of safety that comes from the lies we tell ourselves because we don't tell ourselves lies just to tell ourselves lies, right? We're getting something out of it. We're getting something out of these limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs create safety for us, kind of. They create an illusion of safety. 
So you might notice that as we go through this work, you've got a little niggling voice, a little nagging feeling in your body, in your head being like, yeah, but you don't understand what this is like for me, right? There's no way this is possible for me. How dare she suggest that these are related to limiting beliefs, right? She's got no idea what I go through every day. But I really want you to hear me when I say this. You know, anytime that you feel resistance or hesitation, anytime that you talk yourself out of a good thing before you even have allowed yourself to believe you can have it in the first place, mindfully remind yourself that it's totally normal to want to cling on to these old beliefs. Okay. Tell me you hear me when I say this. Okay. It's so important because it happens to everybody. You're going to have resistance. You're going to have hesitation. You're going to try and talk yourself out of it. And remember me saying, anytime you tell yourself that's not realistic, it's an old thought pattern trying to keep you safe. Okay. That's it. But it's not keeping you safe. It's keeping you stuck. We're going to help peel. We're going to help crack these layers away. Okay. Because I'm going to bet that when you take a deeper look, which we're going to continue to do more of in like just two seconds, but when you take a deeper look, you will see very quickly that in fact, your limiting beliefs are costing you a lot more than you realize. Because like being realistic, right? Like if you ever say to yourself, oh, be realistic. I can't have a winter home in a tropical climate. Be realistic, Brittany, right? Every time that we tell ourselves to like be realistic, basically what we're saying to ourselves, we're like dismissing the things that we want right? We're saying you can't have what you want. Be realistic means you can't have the things you want. And it's costing people so much. And it kills me. Okay. It kills me to watch it. I've been there too. I'm still there. This damn house, this damn house in the tropical places. Like this is my Everest right now. Okay. So this is a lifelong practice, right? Identification of limiting beliefs, my mindfulness cultivation. These are lifelong practices. So before you start dissecting your own specific limiting beliefs and the way that they are sabotaging your happiness and your confidence and your peaceful blend without you even knowing it, probably, I'm going to need you to trust me. And if you're a skeptic, right, if you're just meeting me for the first time, if you don't know me from Eve, <laughs> you're a skeptic, then you probably maybe don't trust me yet. And that's okay. Like, I get it. Right. Um, Trust is earned. I understand that. But I do want to say, you know, the fact that you're listening to the words coming out of my mouth right now means that there's at least a teeny tiny part of you that's considering the possibility that there is a different way to see life, a different way or a better way to live life. And the fact that you are investing your time in this right now because time is the most valuable resource we have. We can always make more money, but we can never make more time, right? The fact that you are investing your most precious resource in this work right now means that something you're doing isn't working for you. And that whatever you've done up to this point to blend your step family, the books you've read, the groups you've joined, whatever that looks like for you, the steps you've taken up to this point haven't quite been enough to get you to the place you want to be with your life. And that's okay, 
right? You don't need to judge yourself. You don't need to say, I should know better. I should be better. I should already be there. We don't need to do that, right? We don't need to talk to ourselves like that. That's okay. That's why you're here, right? So I'm going to ask yourself, you know, why are you participating in these workshops? Why are you participating in these series? If you were like leading this life that you truly knew you deep down, you knew you were worthy and deserving of, then what caused you to search for a little bit more? Okay. What caused you to search for a little bit better? If you had everything that you knew deep down you were worthy of, you wouldn't be looking for more or better. So what do you have to lose by looking at the ways you're holding yourself back? Probably without realizing you're holding yourself back in these ways. And I'm not asking you to make any drastic changes. I'm not asking you to abandon your ethics or your belief systems. I'm not asking you to like throw caution to the wind and get in a bunch of fights with your spouse. I'm not asking you to stop caring. I'm not saying your feelings are wrong. I'm not saying pack your bags, right? Or quit your job or get on your horse and ride out in a blaze of glory. I'm not saying you've got to do any of that. All I'm asking is for you to consider, right? Just open your mind, just a pinch to consider that mindfulness is this missing ingredient in most stepmoms lives. And that you sitting there right now, listening to these words coming out of my mouth, you have at least one big, nasty, limiting belief buried somewhere deep inside of you that when you identify that belief and you pull that belief out and you rewrite that belief, your life will drastically improve. And if you try it my way and you don't like it, you can always go back to your way, right? You can go back to the way that you've been living life. You can go back to the way that you've been doing things. That's okay. But if you want something you've never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done. So think about this for a second. You know, what is the worst that could happen from letting go of your hurt from the past, letting go of your stress for the future, from the future, right? What's the worst that could happen if you decide to stop believing that you're stuck and that you have no options? What's the worst that could happen if you let go of that stuff? Like, holy crap, right? I've got no stress. I only give my energy to things that make me feel really, really good, right? What a mess. <laughs> my relationship is rocking and these kids are actually pretty cool, right? And what ex-wife? What? What are you talking about? Like, look at all this time and energy and money that I've got. Oh, what a mess. What a disaster, right? So <laughs> something, you know, something that a lot of stepmoms get tripped up on is this inevitable next question of like, how? How is this going to be possible? Okay, maybe I believe that it's possible, but how? How can I have this outcome? So I've seen a few of you already posting in the group about this, right? The keeners. You're like, you want to know the steps. <laughs> you're like, okay, I want to get moving here, right? Chop, chop. I want to get moving here. So you're wondering how. Tell me the how. How can we get there now? And I get it, right? I'm the same dang, I'm the same dang way. Like, tell me how I want it now. Like, I want it yesterday. But usually when stepmoms first find me, it's because things have been kind of crappy for a while. So it can be hard to imagine that anything could ever get any better. So you might be wondering, you know, how, Brittany, how can you promise me that anything's going to get any better? That's not realistic, right? That's not realistic. There it is, limiting belief. 
Um, these kids are zoo animals, right? They're other parents, a honey badger. My spouse doesn't get it. Nothing's worked in the past. I can't just ignore what's happening here or pretend everything's okay because that's what got me here in the first place. And because, right, because I can support this prediction I'm making about how bad the future is going to be with all these data points from the past, right? I've got my thesis written here. I can argue it all day long. I know my future is doomed. And unless, Brittany, unless you can tell me exactly how I'm going to get there, A, B, C, D, E, F, G steps, I'm straight up not going to believe that it's possible. I don't have limiting beliefs. I have shit circumstances. <laughs> Who believes that? Who believes that? Okay. You would be honest. We're all friends here. Who thinks this, my shit luck has nothing to do with limiting beliefs. This has to do with the crap hand that I was dealt. Okay. Type me in the chat. Again, we're all friends here. There's at least a few. Okay. So in response to that, I want to say, you know, I've been stuck in that place before. I get it. But the first thing I want to point out is like we learned on day one, predictions of the future, predictions of the future are not mindful. And therefore, they create unnecessary stress. And absolutely nowhere Hey, have I said that mindfulness means you're supposed to just ignore your current problems or pretend that you're happy when you're not? That's not what mindfulness is. It's not about pretending. Yes, you're going to experience stress. Your life is going to be stressful from here on out. You are a stepmother. You are signed up for a lifetime of stress. <laughs> I hate to break it yet. <laughs> but there's a difference between the actual stress of the situation versus all the extra stress that people tend to create on their own by ruminating about the past, thinking about all the bad things that have happened in the past, right? By predicting the future, by trying to imagine all the bad things that are about to come your way, by judging what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, or some permutation or combination of the above. So example in my own life, okay, my stepson's mom, uh, a little while ago now, not very long, a few months ago now, just sold her house uh, and she moved an hour away. They used to live like three blocks from us, but now they're an hour away. So my stepson is starting in a brand new school in like less than two weeks. And he was given the option by her <laughs> That if he didn't like that school, then he could come and live with me and his dad, right? Me and my husband during the school year and go to school out here where we live, where he used to live, right? So if this was me seven years ago, before I developed this trait of mindfulness, I would be absolutely fucking wigging out about this, wigging out about this, right? That selfish, you know what? How dare she make decisions that affect my life? Is anyone even going to consult me about this? Right? Oh, now I'm going to have a full-time teenager living in my house. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't agree to this. I didn't sign on for this. What about me? Right? Here are all the other ways that she's ruined my existence in the past. Let me rattle them all off because I've got them all logged here in chronological alphabetical order. 
And here, right? Let me predict how many more times in the future she's gonna ruin my life because she's gonna. I would be wigging. I'd be wigging out, wigging out about him moving in, right? Teenager full-time. What about the grocery bill? He's a teenager. I can't afford all the groceries, right? So silly, silly things that we've put in our heads. What about child support? Are we going to still have to pay her child support, right? She's not going to let us stop paying her child support without the money she gets. (laughs) What about my son, Rory? What about the new baby? What about pickups? What about drop-offs? What does this mean for holidays? Without mindfulness, I would have wound myself into an absolute freaking tizzy. Who knows what that's like? Who can wind themselves into a tizzy in a snap? (laughs) But at this exact moment in time, the truth, the facts, is that I have absolutely zero extra stress in my life. Because as it stands, he's still going to school out there. He hasn't moved in yet. He hasn't come full time. He's still going to school out there. So all this stress I would have created for myself would have been about my predictions for the future. My judgments about her as a mother. My judgments about how capable my stepson is of fending for himself and how much extra work that's going to create for me if he moves in full time. All the old hurt from the past, right? So if this is me back then, my limiting beliefs might have me convinced that the sky is falling and that I was just about to hop onto a one-way train to the end of the world. And there was nothing I could do about it because I don't have limiting beliefs. I got shit circumstances. (laughs) So there's the actual stress of the here and now. And then there's all the stress that comes from not practicing mindfulness. From stressing about the past, predicting the future, passing judgments. And from my calculations, okay, from my calculations, The actual here and now stress in most stepmoms' lives is probably about 5% of what actually is stressful in their lives. The rest of it is from the tizzy, right? We call that Gina. In the stepmom story, you ever hear us talk about Gina? We call that tizzy Gina. Gina's the tizzy master, okay? Gina the hamster. There's a really funny story about that. I'll talk about it another day. About the origin of the Gina name. Came from a real hamster who tried to dive bomb off our counter. Anyway, anyway, all of this is to say that it's actually a really good thing, you know, if you are skeptical, if you're not sold, if you don't buy it, that mindfulness is the ticket. If you don't think mindfulness is going to work for you because you've been too hurt in the past and you're trapped in a bunch of stressful predictions in the future, that's a good thing because that's literally the exact problems that mindfulness will help you solve. So you're basically saying like, oh, I've got a splinter in my finger and mindfulness is like, oh, I'm a pair of tweezers, right? Let me take that over you. This also goes to show, you know, that this is, this is one of the reasons that I've chosen to make the stepmom story a lifetime program, a lifetime membership. Once you join, you're in for life. Why? Because something that makes me a lot different than a lot of other stepmom coaches out there is that I don't teach you how to solve for specific problems. I don't give you advice. 
I'm not like, okay, here's what to do when your spouse's ex decides to move an hour away. No, I don't do that. Because what happens when someone else's spouse decides to move next door, right? Like Christy, like Christy, we've got a spouse that just moved next door, right? Pretty much next door. But if all I've done is taught you what to do when they move an hour away, you're like, now what, right? I know what to do if they move an hour away, but what am I going to do if they move next door? So the seven story is a lifetime program because there are going to be things that are going to come up that there's no way we can predict, that there's no way we can anticipate. And you don't need to be by yourself throughout those transitions, right? You need to have a community. You need to have somewhere safe to come that you know how to unpack that and navigate that. But also, you know, it's because I don't give advice that I have made this program a lifetime program. Cause I'm not like, okay, here's your set of steps to follow if X, Y, and Z happens. And I don't give advice because like in my, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, but in my opinion, offering advice, like advice is the lowest value offering that somebody can make to you. Why? Because advice is literally just an opinion that someone is offering you based on their own limiting beliefs. And I've never encountered a situation in life where making decisions for myself based on someone else's opinions worked in the long term. So mindfulness teaches you, you know, stop looking outward. Stop asking other people for their opinions. They don't have to live your life. You do. Why are their opinions deciding what, how you're living your life and how you show up in your relationship? Why are we looking for advice from other people? Right? Why can't we practice mindfulness, begin to trust ourselves, right? Like, what does it feel like for you if you begin to trust that you and only you are the expert of your own life, that you and only you have the answers, that you don't need to look to other people to help to, to tell you what to do, right? Because you already know, you already know what to do. Mindfulness teaches you how to make decisions because of what is right for you, because what is, because of what is aligned for you and authentic to you. And because of that, mindfulness can solve any problem, any problem. Mindfulness doesn't have to be prepared for, for what, or mindfulness gets you prepared for any problem whatsoever. This is like, you know, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish, he'll eat for his whole life. That's what you learn here. That's what mindfulness is. That's what it is to uncover your limiting beliefs. That's what you learn inside of the stepmom story. You learn how to fish. Okay. I'm not going to catch your fish for you, but I will help you. I will cheer you on from the sidelines. Okay. Let's go get those fish. So before we move on, you know, I want to talk about this like big mistake that I see a lot of people making of if I don't have this result right here, right now in front of me, then I don't believe it's even possible for me. I don't have this outcome that I want right now because I'm in turmoil because I don't have a great relationship with my stepkids, because their other parent is making my life a living hell, because my spouse won't get on the same page as me. How can mindfulness make any difference? 
because they're still going to be doing the same things. And I'm still going to be here miserable. It's not going to make a difference. I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Who's ever said that phrase? I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) It won't be possible for me until I see it right here in front of me with my own two eyes. But this, my friend, is so freaking backwards. This is literally like saying, you know, I'll start exercising and eating healthy after my cholesterol goes down. (laughs) I'll start running every day after I win a marathon. The piece that so many people, so many stepmoms, maybe even you have forgotten is that in order to get the outcome that you want, you can't keep doing what you're doing. Because what you're doing has gotten you the outcome that you currently have. If what you're doing could get you any other outcome, it would have already. Everything you have in your life is a direct result of the beliefs that you have and the actions that you take every single day. So if you're waiting until after your life improves to believe that it can improve, you're missing the boat, okay? If you're saying when things are better, when I've got more money, when I've got more energy, when the kid's other parent moves to Nantucket, then I can practice mindfulness because then I'll be in a better headspace and then it might actually work for me. And then I won't have any limiting beliefs left because I don't have limiting beliefs. I've got shit circumstances. (laughs) If you do what you've always done, you're gonna get what you've always got. And there's nothing wrong with what you've got. I wanna make that super clear. There's nothing wrong with the life that you're living right now. The only thing is that there is a piece of you knows that knows something is supposed to be different. So we can be grateful for the life that we have. We can be appreciative for the life that we have while we eliminate the limiting beliefs that are preventing us from being where our true authentic self knows we're supposed to be. Practicing mindfulness is what's going to give you this better headspace. Getting rid of your limiting beliefs is what's going to give you an even better life. So that's why we're going to look at limiting beliefs today, because it's limiting beliefs that talk stepmoms out of making changes that will improve their lives before they even believe in the possibility that there can be improvements. It's limiting beliefs to say, I don't see how anything can be better than it already is. If she can't show me how, if she can't give me the steps, if she can't show me proof right here, right now, I'm not going to believe it's possible for me. A lot of the members in our, in the stepmom story have gone from feeling like depressed and hopeless to empowered and confident within like a couple of weeks, a couple of days, even though nobody in their step families have changed. Nobody in their step families have done any changing. Okay. On the other hand, though, you know, I get messages all the time from people who chose not to join the story and not to embody the principles of mindfulness that we teach in there in depth, who feel like their situations are just getting worse and worse and worse, right? Who've just separated, who are teetering on divorce. How is it possible, right? Both people, no one in their families are changing. But one set's thriving, one set isn't. One set's confident, one set isn't. One set's relationships are on the up and up, one set's isn't. How is it possible? Like we've got members in the stepmom story who have kids, stepkids who've got 
mental health diagnoses and special needs who've been able to create plans to keep them safe in their homes. And therefore, with that safety plan, they can release a good chunk of their worry about the what ifs for the future. They didn't wait until the kid's behavior wasn't explosive anymore to believe that they could live in a home that they felt safe in. They believed in the possibility of living in a safe home, and then the safe home was created. We have members who have in-laws who like overstep, like their contestants on Dancing on the Star, Dancing with the Stars. They've learned how to set boundaries around their in-laws meddling. They didn't wait until the in-laws stopped overstepping to believe their in-laws could stop overstepping. They believed in this possibility of having control over who and what was coming in their house, who and what they were giving their energy to. And the boundaries were created to support that. The possibility existed and then the supports happened to make it happen. We've got members who have co-parents who are nearly impossible to co-parent with. Spouses who get defensive when tough stuff is brought up. And yet, these stepmoms' lives have changed drastically for the better, even though the stepkids and their in-laws and the ex have not made one teeny tiny adjustment to who they are as people and how they show up in the world. They haven't become nicer. They haven't become more polite. They haven't become more respectful, more understanding or compassionate. But these stepmoms' lives are changing. These stepmoms' lives are improving. How? Because they believed in the possibility and then the result was created. The possibility precedes the result. And you're going to get to meet four of them tomorrow during our alumni panel. Okay. The results that you're looking for in your life cannot come until after you believe the possibility exists for you. I want to write this down because it's really important. It's crucially important. The results you're looking for in your life cannot come until after you believe the possibility exists for you. Believing that your situation is beyond help is a limiting belief. Believing that life can't get any better than it is, is a limiting belief. Believing that you don't have the time or the money or the energy to invest in yourself and your future and your relationships is a limiting belief. Believing that you can survive stepmothering without some kind of support from somebody is a limiting belief. <laughs> Believing that other people have to change in order to make your life better. And once they change, everything will be tickety-boo. It's a limiting belief. And limiting beliefs, also known as the lies that we tell ourselves that we mistakenly think are true, they're rooted in fear. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of loss, fear of pain, fear of the unknown. You wouldn't be telling ourselves these lies, these limiting belief lies, unless they kept us safe. Limiting beliefs come from fear. And where does fear come from? Okay. Where does fear come from? It comes from A, memories of the past, when something painful happened and B predictions for the future that have not happened yet. 
also known as imaginary problems. And if you're pulling on tragedies of the past in order to imagine problems that might come up in the future, are you practicing mindfulness? Hell no. So what's the secret to feeling confident as a stepmom? What's the secret to blending your step family? What is the secret to having everything you've ever wanted? It's mindfulness. It's freaking mindfulness. And what is one of these really big roadblocks that stand in people's way to practicing mindfulness? Limiting beliefs. So that's why I want to show you, you know, how your limiting beliefs are getting in your way. And as a result of that, how they're interfering with your peace of mind as a stepmom, how they're interfering with your ability to blend your step family, how they're sabotaging your relationships, keeping you stuck, so on and so forth. And why am I doing that? So that you can confidently blend and live happily freaking ever after. That's why you're here, right? Tell me how to live happily ever after. Tell me how. Okay. So first things first, we're going to get into the work, the workshop, the working part of the workshop. Now um, you can pull out your workbook or a journal, grab a pen, pencil, utensil, writing utensil. I'll give you just a minute to collect those. Uh, go ahead and type ready in the chat when you're ready. Your workbook again has been linked in your email in here. Ready, 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 steady, go. Okay. So really important as we go through this part of the exercise, I want you to suspend your disbelief. Okay. Suspend your disbelief for a moment. What do I mean by that? I was being play along. Don't let your limiting beliefs talk you out of this before we even start. Okay. Because honest question is when is the last time that you gave yourself the time and the space just to dream? To really just dream uninhibited, dream big. When's the last time you sat and dreamed? And if you think dreaming is like nonsense and a waste of time, then you can talk to Bill Gates or Steve Jobs through that device you're looking at right now that at one point was just a dream, just a thought. There's nothing in this world that has been created, not a happy step family, not a great relationship, not a career, not a business, not a coffee mug. That wasn't first a dream. That wasn't first a thought in somebody's head. Everything comes from a thought first. Everything comes from a dream first, period. So suspend your disbelief here for a moment and allow yourself to receive this really beautiful gift right now. So I'm a genie in a lamp. And I'm going to grant you three wishes about your life. These wishes can be absolutely anything, okay? Except they have to be about you. You cannot wish to change somebody else, okay? Cardinal rule of the genie. You cannot wish to change somebody else. So your wishes don't have to specifically be step family related if you don't want them to be. Um, but you've got to wish on behalf of yourself. Also, you can't wish for more wishes and you can't wish for another genie. Okay. Three wishes is all you get. So what are those three wishes? 
Are they career wishes, income wishes, relationship wishes, dream home wishes? And again, you're going to hear me say the word specific so many times. It's going to make you go a little bananas. Get specific here. Okay. Specificity is key. So I would, don't be like, oh, I wish I had a better career. What specifically is that career? Right. I wish I had my dream career as an artist selling $3 million of art per year. And again, we're not looking for realistic dreams here. We don't want realistic. I wish that my relationship with my spouse was intimate and exciting and conflict-free. And I'll know I have that when we go a whole month without arguing. I wish that I woke up every day excited to get out of my bed instead of waiting for bedtime as soon as my feet hit the floor in the morning. And again, notice I didn't say like, I wish my spouse's ex would move to Nantucket and take the kids and never come back, right? I wish my stepkids would clean up after themselves. None of that. No wishing on behalf of others, just on behalf of yourself. So take a few minutes, suspend your disbelief. Don't be realistic. And come up with your three wishes. And once you've got them, you can just type in the chat and let me know that you've got your wishes done. Darcy done, Dana done. If you guys want to share one of them or all of them or none of them, that's fine. Trisha, are you done? Perfect. Thanks for letting me know. I wish my current teaching job paid six figures. So I, I, yes, it's a great wish. I wish your current teaching job paid six figures too. Teachers should make way fucking more money than they do. Jesus. Sorry for my swearing. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I am who I am. Um, I want to invite you to kind of rework that a little bit. I wish my current teaching job paid six figures because this relies on somebody else's changing right this is essentially that's kind of bordering on like wishing on behalf of somebody else because that would like require somebody else's like approval there so i i, th I think i like from what i'm assuming here i'm 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 assuming i mean it's hard without talking to you but i'm assuming it's because you like love your current job you just wish it paid more right um 
So if like you feel super fulfilled, but you wish you were making six figures, then a wish that wasn't wishing on behalf of somebody else might be something like, I wish I had a career teaching job da, 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 that I felt super fulfilled and paid me six figures. See how there's a difference in like, now we're not relying on somebody else to make that happen for you. Now you've got control over that. Now you've got the choice in there. Does that make sense, Dina? Okay, perfect. I wish to fill my home with art and music and culture. I love that so much. Beautiful, Deborah. Sharice, I wish to feel comfortable within myself and my step family. Okay. I wish that for you too. Okay. So the next part of this activity is I want you to start asking yourself, why haven't those wishes already come true? Everything that you can think of, way to write it down. I don't have my dream career as an artist selling $3 million of art per year because artists are broke and that's not a real job. <laughs> I don't have this dream career because I don't have time to practice my skills. I don't have enough education. I'm stuck at the job I've got now. I don't have this really exciting conflict free, conflict free relationship with my spouse because I don't know how to get my spouse to see things my way. Plus I'm way too angry. I'm way too resentful. We're never going to have a good relationship. There's no wrong way to do this, by the way, let it be messy. Let it be imperfect. As you're writing those down, you know, you can come back here also when the replay is uploaded, you can take as much time as you need to kind of pull these out. In fact, I would recommend, I would recommend everybody goes back and watches this whole series front to back at least one more time so that you've watched it twice. Um, your subconscious mind is going to filter things out that don't align with your belief system that you're not going to hear the first time. So go back and watch it a second time because it'll be a different experience.
Um, okay, so I am going to rattle off some common things that I hear commonly. Um, I want you to ask yourself, you know, which of these reasons that I'm about to list off also feel true for you. Okay. As the reason that you're not currently living your happiest, happily ever after life. You take a tally on your fingers, you can check them off in your workbook. They're in your workbook. Okay. But how many of these are relevant to the reasons you don't have your perfect life yet? I have no idea how to get my spouse to see things my way. If my spouse really knew what I was thinking or feeling, they would leave me. I must just not be cut out for step parenting. Everyone else I know got a normal family and I got stuck with a step family. Bad things always seem to happen to me. People hardly appreciate the things I do for them. I'll never have a good relationship because I'm too angry, resentful, jealous. There's never enough money left for what I want to use it for. I'm not educated enough. I'm not knowledgeable enough. I've already tried everything. I'm not ready. I'm never chosen is a big one with stepmoms. My plate is too full as it is. It's just plain darn hard to be a stepmom. If I don't do it, nobody else will. When the ex gets their life together, everything's going to be better for me. Money doesn't grow on trees. I'd rather not try again than continue getting hurt or rejected. I don't have enough support. I don't have enough resources. There aren't enough hours in a day. My stepkids don't like me. The other parent doesn't like me. I'm an outsider. I don't have any other options. Ballpark. How many of those have you said to yourself at some point? How many of those resonated with you? How many of those do you believe are some of the reasons that are getting in the way of this life that you really, really want? Some of them, most of them, all of them, none of them. Okay, we're all friends here. There's no shame in this game. 12 for Nikki. Okay, seven for Amanda. At least 50%. Most of them. Okay. And again, like this is so, this is such a gift that you're giving yourself right now. Okay. This is such a big gift. I want this to be really free of shame. I want this to be really free of self-judgment. Okay. This is not about making yourself wrong. This is about creating awareness. We've been doing this for 67 minutes now. It's very important, right? There's a reason I spend so much time on this because it's so important. So no matter if there it was one of them or all of them or most of them, right? There's no good or bad here. It does not, he listen, listen to me when I say this, it does not mean anything about you, anything about the type of person you are, anything about the kind of stepmom that you are, other than the fact that you have identified some of the beliefs that you have. That's all it means. And we all have beliefs like this. Okay. All of us. I didn't just pull those beliefs out of my ass. Like we all have these beliefs. 
Some of them, we all have some of them. But I wanna ask you a question, okay? This is a really, this is a really powerful question. So give it some space to think about it. Go for a walk maybe after. If on one hand, you know, maybe I'm wishing for a spontaneous, intimate, exciting relationship with my spouse, but I'm telling myself the story that I'm never chosen, then how in the name of everything holy does that story support the type of relationship I want to have? Like if I'm a news reporter, okay, and I'm interviewing a couple that's been married for 70 years or something crazy like that, and I say, what's your secret? You know, how'd you keep the love alive for all those years? And one of them says, well, it's simple. I'm never chosen. I'm an outsider, right? <laughs> no. If on one hand, I'm wishing for a life of financial freedom and abundance, but on the other hand, I'm telling myself the story that there's never enough money, that money doesn't grow on trees, that money's hard to make, that money's hard to come by. I don't have enough education. I don't know enough. How can I ever expect to have enough money? And again, you know, I want to pull this back to something that I said at the beginning. What if your spouse said the things to you that you say to yourself? If this stuff was coming out of your spouse's mouth, if you said, I want to be an artist who sells $3 million of art per year. And your spouse said, well, that's stupid. You're not good enough. And art isn't a real job. (laughs) Pardon? If it comes from your spouse, it'd be blasphemy. But we say these things to ourselves all the time. Why? If you said to your spouse, you know, I really wish to have an intimate and exciting and conflict-free relationship with you, my spouse, my honey, my lovey. And your spouse said some things that maybe you say to yourself and said, well, that's too bad because I'm never going to see things your way. So you may as well give up on that. If our spouses said the things to us that we say to ourselves, we would probably leave them because it's abusive. Why do we abuse ourselves? We all do it, right? It doesn't feel good when we say these things, right? There's a reason it doesn't feel good when we say these things to ourselves. Like when I say to myself, I'm never going to get my husband to see things my way anyway. I'm just going to give up. It feels bad. It feels like a lump in my belly. Okay. Who knows what I'm talking about? Who knows about the lump? Who's got familiar with the lump when we think things about our situations, right? It feels bad to think these things, to think about the reasons why we don't have the life that we want, because your true authentic self knows that you are lying to yourself. It's like, uh-uh, liar, liar, pacifier. <laughs> that sinking feeling that you might have when you say like, I've tried everything. This is your true self, your higher self, your authentic self, whatever you want to call her sending you an emotional signal through your body that says, no, you most certainly have not tried everything because if you had tried everything, you would have the result that you wanted. So we're not going to get into the root of these stories. Uh, If you want to get into like the deep rooted reasons, the causes that you've got these beliefs, like where they came from and how to get to the root of them. So you can get rid of them forever. You'll have to join the stepmom story. But what I do hope that you take away from this training is this. If you do not have something in your life that you want, then you have at least one, maybe two or three or 20 limiting beliefs that you've got to get rid of. 
Limiting beliefs are lies that people tell themselves. And if you're going to lie to yourself and you're going to tell yourself stories that are not true, then why not tell yourself better stories? If you're going to be making up lies, why not make them good ones, (laughs) exciting ones? If you're going to make up stories about the future, why are you making up stories that make you feel bad? Imagine everything that you want is on the other side of a metaphorical river. You've got two options. One, you can stop at the riverbank. You can say like, I just always have bad luck. I can't swim. Look at all this evidence I have from the past. Here are all my predictions about the future. There are probably sharks and leeches and hot lava in that river. (laughs) Here are all my judgments about myself in this stupid river. And I've got the worst luck. And that's how I found myself here. I'm never going to make it out alive. Or you could build a bridge or learn how to swim or build a boat or phone a friend with an airplane, right? Hire a helicopter, try and find a way around. There's always a way. Rory watches this show on Netflix because I try to be like a good mom and give him a screen (laughs) and make him watch a show that like is going to help him. So he watches this one that's like about counting. I think it's like leapfrog. And there's this, this little part in there where this little, one of the characters goes, every problem has a solution. And it's like ingrained in my brain because I hear it so much. Every problem has a solution. It's in that exact like lilting voice too, but it's the truth. There's always a way. Your only job, your only job right now is to open your mind to the possibility and recognize when you're talking yourself out of a good thing before you even believe you can have it. I'm not saying that your pain and your experience aren't real. I know that stepmom experiences can be super painful. I know that. But what I am saying is that 70 or 80 or 120% of the suffering that you experience most days is probably for no other reason than because A, someone hasn't shown you that there's a better way you've been lied to, or B, you haven't allowed yourself to believe that you can ever have the result that you want. So what I want for you, what I truly hope for you is that you can step into a space where you genuinely love your life, where you can release this heavy weight of 90% of your stress from your predictions and your remembering of the past. I hope that the next time I see you, your eyes are sparkling because for the first time in however long you genuinely do believe that you can live happily ever after. What I want for you though, you know, at the end of the day, what I want for you doesn't matter because I don't have to live your life, right? This is an inside job. Becoming a happy stepmom is an inside job. Living happily ever after as a stepmom is an inside job. So as you're processing this, you know, as you're going through this, you're opening your mind up to the possibility that yes, you can live happily ever after. And this is what it's going to look like when I get there. You might find yourself, as some people inside of our group are already finding themselves, with your thoughts being kind of in this place of like, okay, how, right? How? Now what? I believe it's possible. How? Give me the steps. Give me the how. But something my own mentor says all the time is F the how for now. Okay. F the how for now. Don't get ahead of yourself. The how will come. 
Your only job right now is to open your mind to the possibility. That's your only job right now. Open your mind to the possibility. Allow yourself to get to the point where you believe in the possibility that your three wishes can and will come true. They can and they will. The simple fact that you have identified these things means that the possibility of their existence has already been created. If it wasn't possible, it wouldn't have come to your mind. That's science, by the way. Anytime that you say, the reason I don't have this thing, you are pinching yourself off from believing that the possibility exists for you. And if you don't believe the possibility exists for you, then you will end up being correct 100% of the time. So I want to circle back to the reasons that you wrote down, right? The reasons that you don't have these outcomes, the reasons you don't have these three wishes that you wished for. Reasons are limiting beliefs. Any reason is simply a limiting belief. So almost every time that somebody says, this is the reason I don't have this thing, there's a limiting belief in there somewhere. Sometimes it's super obvious. Sometimes it's not. Anytime somebody says like, oh, I couldn't do this because dot, dot, dot. The thing that comes after the because is a limiting belief. And I don't want you to get your back up and like tuning me out and getting offended and being like, you have no idea what my reasons are. These are damn good reasons. Okay. Cause they probably are like, I believe you. I'm not saying the circumstances of your life aren't hard. I'm not saying the circumstances of your life aren't emotionally taxing or challenging. I'm not saying you don't have obstacles to overcome. I know you do, or you wouldn't be here. I know you do. I know life can be really hard. What I am saying though, is that you can either choose to hold on to the reasons that you're not happy, or you can let go of those reasons and find peace and happiness and abundance. You can choose to believe that your three wishes are possible, or you can believe in the reasons that you don't have those things, but you cannot have both. So why do people have limiting beliefs? You know, what's the deal? Why are they sabotaging you? There's some one last kind of concept I want to talk to you about, and then we're going to wrap up. Okay. Like I've been alluding to. Uh, limiting beliefs are something that we've learned some way, somewhere along the way, beliefs that we've inherited from our parents, etc. lies we tell ourselves in an effort to keep ourselves safe. And while it's a really beautiful thing that your mind loves you so much and that your brain does everything in its power to keep you alive, the problem is that limiting beliefs create something called change blindness. And change blindness essentially means that your limiting belief give you a lens to see the world through that blinds you to any other possibility than what you're currently living. And when you're unaware of your limiting beliefs, then you don't know you're being blinded. Okay. This is why I told you to go back a second time and rewatch this workshop series. As a result, if you're like most stepmoms, you might really truly believe that change is simply impossible because of change blindness. But the consequence of this, right? The price that people are paying to hold on to their limiting beliefs is similar to the price that you might've just discovered that you're paying for yours. You're paying the price of your happily ever after. And what's that life worth to you? Like what is the price tag that you would put on this life that you want? 
is there a price tag, right? And again, we're not gonna get into this deep root of where your limiting beliefs are formed. Um, we don't have time, it's super important area to spend a lot of time on and have a lot of support in. Why you've got limiting beliefs, where yours came from specifically, what yours are trying to protect you from. It's really transformative to clear those out. Okay. But what I am going to invite you to do for homework is to focus on at least two of your more dominant limiting beliefs and rewrite them in ways that actually support you and the type of life that you hope to live, or at least open you up to the possibility that that life can exist for you. So you can decide if you want to select limiting beliefs that you came up with on your own, AKA the reasons that you listed out for why you don't have your three wishes, or you can rewrite a couple of the beliefs that I listed off that are found in your workbook. Okay. There's no wrong way. Just figure out like whichever ones are like jumping off the page at you that you're like, yeah, these are in my life all the time. Rewrite those. I'd invite you to start there. Okay. So for example, like I'll give you an example of how to rewrite them. And then I will release, I will release you. The limiting belief of, I have no idea how to get my spouse to see things my way. How can I rewrite that from a different lens that's supportive to the type of life I want to live, that opens me up to possibility, that doesn't give me a sinking feeling in my belly? An alternative could be my spouse and I might not be able to communicate about emotionally intense issues at this exact moment, but there's tons of support available to help me learn how to communicate more effectively. I might not know how to do this thing right now, but someone out there can show me, right? So which of those feels more optimistic? I have no idea at period the end, wah, wah, wah. or I might not know now, but I can learn. No question, right? It's no question. Um, I'm going to go through just a I find examples helpful. I think maybe everyone else does too. So I'm going to go through just a couple more that I see often. Um, a limiting belief that, that a lot of stepmoms have is this belief of like, if my spouse really knew what I was thinking, they would leave me, right? If they really knew what I thought about their kids, they wouldn't want to be with me. So the way I personally would rewrite that one would be, you know, my thoughts, my feelings are valid. I deserve a safe space to express them. I'm not saying you've got to go spill your guts to your spouse, but, but, you know, you do deserve a space for your feelings and concerns to be heard and validated. And remember what I said, F the how for now, and we're not taking action. We're not going and making things happen yet. That part's going to come. Um, last one, and then we're going to wrap up. So this is going to be in your homework. Please post in the group if you need help. Um, rewrite your limiting beliefs into something that supports you and this life you want to live. And I'm going to talk about money specifically because money is almost always an issue in step families, no matter how much there is. This limiting belief I see all the time. Uh, there's never enough money. There's never enough money left for what I want or for what I want to use it for, Right child support and the alimony and school fees. There's no money left for me. I would rewrite that personally to some variation of I'm intelligent. 
I'm capable. I'm driven. There's no limit to how much abundance I'm able to have in my life. If abundance is possible for someone else, it's possible for me. We have 18 year old kids turning into millionaires from their phones. You can't tell me it's not possible. We all have the device that you are watching on can make you a millionaire, period, period. No arguing. And I know that money stories run really, really, really deep. That's why I have a whole workshop dedicated to rewriting them. It's called Your Money Story. Um, I personally grew up below the poverty line. So I've had to do a lot of work on my money stories and my money limiting beliefs. But something I've learned is that you can either have your reasons or you can have your results. Okay. You just can't have both. Um, I think I saw Sarah Gale here earlier. Sarah Gale has paid off all her debt since going through the money story. She came into the stepmom story with a bunch of debt. Now she's paid off all her debt. She owns a house now, right? You're going to see her on the panel tomorrow. So that's going to be your homework. Okay. Do not, and I repeat, do not skip this homework. This, and I'm not exaggerating, there's literally no dollar value that you could put on rewriting your limiting beliefs because limiting beliefs are what keeps stepmoms sick, stuck, broke, angry, busy, disconnected. So please go ahead and utilize our group, support each other in identifying and rewriting. If you need help rewriting and reworking your limiting beliefs, we're around to support you. I'm going to be poking around the group to offer support and some coaching. So please lean into it while it's here. This group is going to be closed at the end of the month so that I can give my full attention to my clients in the stepmom story. So take advantage of it while you can. What we've done here today, now just a recap, we've looked at what mindfulness is, how it's a crucial ingredient for peacefully blended step families how it's central in becoming a confident stepmom. And when you're not stressing about the past that cannot be changed or worrying about a future that hasn't happened yet or trying to decide what's what, right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's fair, what's not fair, better known as judgment, the majority of your stepfamily problems are going to become much less intense and much easier to manage. Okay. Um, so here's my challenge for you. Part one, post in our Facebook group with a big aha moment or takeaway or a limiting belief that you identified. Um, and part two of that is if you see a post by another stepmom sister that resonates with you, show her your support, right? I have the same limiting belief. Let's work on rewriting this together. Okay. So one, share posts with something you've learned, something you've identified, and two, support another stepmom in our community because like I always say, friends don't let friends, stepmom alone. So as we wrap up this second workshop of this series and take some time to let this digest and process, there's going to come a point in time, it's already happened for some of you, that you're like, okay, I understand what mindfulness is. I understand it's not negotiable if I want to live happily ever after. I understand that I've got limiting beliefs that they're getting in my way, right? And I can choose to rewrite them in a way that's actually supportive of the life I want to live. And I know you said F the how for now, but really how? Right? I need to know how. 
I've tried meditating before and I don't think I did it right. Right. I've read like a billion books on mindfulness, but I, right. I don't get it. I haven't caught on yet. What else is involved in mindfulness? What other tools are there to cultivate it? And specifically, how can you apply mindfulness to your unique position as a stepmom? That is what we're going to be doing, exactly what we're going to be doing in the third and final workshop. So that is on Thursday, two days from now. I will see you there. I hope to see you tomorrow for our live panel where you can ask some questions to our amazing alumni with their amazing transformational stories that they're going to share with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for valuing your peace and your happiness and your relationship enough to invest this time and this energy into creating a better life. Um, this might sound weird to some people, but I can honestly say becoming a stepmom has been the best thing that's ever happened to me because it has completely transformed who I am as a person. If I didn't have to be a stepmom, I would be a very, 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 very different person and probably not in a good way. <laughs> so. Dun, dun, dun. so thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate you so much. I'll see you in the group. Good luck with your limiting beliefs. See you all tomorrow. You are welcome so much. You're so welcome. Thanks for being here. See y'all tomorrow for the panel and on Thursday for the third and final workshop. Have an excellent day. Bye-bye.